probably the approach where SaaS companies use content just for SEO, that's going to change. There's going to be content that's not just optimized for SEO, but is also optimized for shareability, for example. Uh, content that is more exciting, content that is more uh, interesting to the reader, content that stands out from other SaaS companies. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy and excited to be joined by someone I'm connected with for quite a while, um, Gites, Gites Patil, who is a professional with a background in programming and marketing. Gites has experience in building automation software, billing software, and an auction platform for India's biggest art house. He received the Samsung Absolute Award for his contribution to the development and marketing of an app for the Node platform. Gites also had seven years of experience running a successful WordPress agency and relaunched cyberchimps.com. He currently works as an SEO and con specialist at Togo, using key skills to optimize website traffic and enhance the company's online presence. We are going to talk about many interesting things today. Gites, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, George. Uh, happy to be here. So as we do with like every guest, yeah, pretty much every guest here at the SASSIO. So we start with a basic, basic question, which is, you know, we are interested to learn a few things, even though I said quite a few things about your background and your story so far. Um, we would like to to hear from you. What were the, you know, the main, let's say, uh, points in your journey and what has led you to where you are today and the things that you do today? Yeah, so uh, the Samsung Absolute Challenge uh, you talked about in my introduction, uh, that was where I got introduced to marketing. Uh, so Samsung India, uh, they were launching their Galaxy Note phones uh, uh, here in India and and they invited developers to make applications for the Galaxy Note phone. Uh, the competition was not just to make applications, but also uh, 
to get the maximum downloads for those applications. Now, I knew how to make an application, but I didn't have any idea about how to get people to download those applications. Uh, there, were, there were a couple of challenges. One, the phones were just getting launched in India. So there were not a lot of Indian users. Uh, whoever were using Galaxy Note phones, they were mostly outside India. Uh, I scarred a few forums uh, and most of the people who were using Samsung Galaxy Note phones at that time were in the Southeast Asian countries, Korea, Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore. So that's how I got introduced to marketing. I started posting, I made an app uh, to sketch over an image. So you could use the Galaxy Note phones pen uh, to sketch over an image and actually make a really nice sketch. Uh, and then I started posting about the app, uh, posting about some of the pictures that I had sketched on the forums, and things worked out. <laughs> and and that and, and my app was downloaded quite a lot of times, and that's how I got introduced to internet marketing. Okay, then, that's, a, that's a great story. So it wasn't just the fact that you developed it, but also the fact that you had many downloads like this is right. this led to the award right exactly yeah that was the competition okay that's 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 very interesting and not something i you know i hear every day and so would you say that this was like a turning point this is like the beginning of your kind of marketing journey yes yes i would definitely say that that's how i really got into internet marketing that's when i realized that you could sell stuff by talking to people online. Back then it was forums, right? It was forums, yeah. That, that's that's the most, uh, that's where I found a lot of Samsung Galaxy Note users. So. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could say that today's forums are communities on Slack, I don't know, or Discord. I don't know about Facebook groups. Some of them may be active still, but I would I would like if if I have to if I had to kind of uh, think about forums in 2023, I would you know think of something like Slack communities, Discord, and and things like that. I don't know about you. No, so forums were like proper bulletin boards at that time. <laughs> so they had those funky looking uh, backgrounds, black colors, and you had either Comic Sans or Verdana uh, as the font. And yeah, that's also true. Yeah, that's also yeah. true. That's another characteristic. Anyway, yeah. long story very short, today you are working at Toggle, which is, mm -hmm. I, I will let you, you know, let people know what Toggle is. I guess most of us know Toggle. I, I am a user and I guess many people who listen to this episode are users, but for people who have never heard of Toggle before, could you please share a couple of things about Toggle and your role there? Mm -hmm. So Toggle basically is a set of three products. There's Toggle Track, which is our most popular time tracking software. Uh, and that's, that's the one uh, how people associate uh, Toggle with, with the time tracking software. Other than that, we have two smaller products. There's Toggle Plan, which is a project planning slash resource planning tool. 
uh, and then there's toggle hang which is used for recruitment uh, basically screening uh, conducting tests online shortlisting candidates and, and basically making sure your hiring uh, pipeline keeps working i i started my journey in toggle with toggle plan uh, but since more than a year now i've been a part of the one toggle marketing team uh, where i work with a bunch of talented marketers and and do uh, seo uh, and content uh, for toggle plan and toggle track both what i like about toggle toggle's products is that they are very clean like the the ui is, is very clean and beautiful like you you want to use the product if you know what i mean and um what i also like on the kind of marketing side is how the the product is presented you know the website the colors pretty much everything so i think that you know the, you have done a great job when it comes to design and i think that this is a this is a point where we that we often neglect let's say but i find many of my decisions to be driven partially or like fully by by how beautiful you know this product or this like service or whatever this website is i don't know about about you but i i, I it happens to me uh, very often Yes, it, it it makes a lot of difference. It sort of builds a connection. Uh, unless you are solving like a bleeding neck problem, you need a good website. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Of course, that's that's one thing. I would like to ask you, how difficult is it to coordinate SEO process for a company with three different products? Because Toggle has three different products: Toggle Track, Toggle Plan, Toggle Hire. How difficult is it to coordinate SEO process for, for such a company? Uh -huh. Yeah, so a little bit of background. Previously, all three companies were different entities. Uh, they existed on their own domains. So in 2020, everything got under the toggle.com domain. So that was the first challenge, uh, making sure that all the content from all three products got on the same domain, including the blog. Uh, we still have three separate sub-websites uh, for track, plan, and hire, but our blog is common. Uh, all three products share the same blog. With hire, uh, the content is pretty much unique, uh, as you can imagine. But with plan and track, there's a lot of overlap between the content. Uh, time tracking and project planning are sort of uh, two different ends of a project's life cycle. So uh, where project planning is more forward-looking, time tracking looks backwards and ensures that your project stays on track, basically. So, so there's a lot of overlap between plan. There was a lot of overlap between plan and tracks content. Uh, that was the second challenge, making sure that there was not a lot of duplicate content uh, on the blog. And uh, then while we were, while I was working independently with Toggle Plan, there was a coordination challenge where making sure that the content calendars didn't overlap. We were not creating the same content, uh, duplicating the efforts as well as duplicating the content. Uh, at the same time, there's also a challenge of 
creating product-led content where you have an opportunity to refer other products. Let's say, for example, I'm creating a blog post for Toggle Plan and I have an opportunity to either refer Toggle Hire or Toggle Track, coordinating with uh, their content team or their product managers and making sure that I have the assets to include that product uh, or that feature in my blog post. So that's that's the third challenge. Uh, but overall, since I have now become part of the one toggle team, it's fairly easy. Uh, we just need to coordinate with the higher team most of the times for high level uh, stuff. Like if we are making changes to the blogs, uh, for example, design, or we are changing the menu, or we are changing the global CTAs, those are the only places where we need to coordinate with uh, Toggle Hire. Otherwise, now it's fairly smooth. That's a, I think there are many great lessons there for companies that are multi-product, let's say. Uh, because I can understand the the challenges of having three different like websites and like ha ha having to like the the ultimate goal being to move everything under one umbrella, let's say one one website. And it's funny because just before this call, I had a, a call with with a prospect, and they were describing um, a similar situation. Like we have all these different things, and we want to have everything under under one umbrella, right? So I think that this is a struggle that uh, quite a few companies have, and it's nice that you kind of outlined how how you you managed to to do that. Now, I would like to to ask you something, which is kind of a follow up regarding like what we would just discuss discussed and covered. You're in a very competitive field, right? Each of these categories are, by its own is they they are very competitive. How do you kind of differentiate and um, how do you um, manage to stay um, like to to be unique uh, in terms of SEO? Uh, given the fact that you compete with some like major players out there in each of the categories that you like, you know, compete against. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, one like one of the biggest challenges, particularly in the project management space, is that a lot of tools out there now try to do everything. Right? They have all the features. They try to become all-in-one platforms for project management, basically end-to-end -end project management. Uh, there are also tools uh, that offer you more flexible solutions. For example, uh, you have Notion. Uh, you have tools like Notion, which uh, allow you to create your own uh, sort of data structures within the app uh, and 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 build your own workflows. Uh, where Toggle has always differentiated itself is on the simplicity of things. We don't want you to spend like two months just trying to understand how to use the software. We don't want you to spend like 15, 20 days for an employee to get onboarded to start using. We don't want to give you 10 different options to do the same thing. Uh, and then everybody does it their own way and, and it, it becomes a chaos. Uh, we want to make things as visual as possible. 
we don't want you to have like most of the tools like uh, try to do complicated stuff but we try to keep it simple and we are for people who have been using excel but now they have just outgrown spreadsheets and now they want something better but they still want to have that simplicity of using excel let's put it that way i understand and i think this goes back to what i was saying earlier about like how um how beautiful the product is and how easy it is for anyone to there's no learning curve i mean especially for toggle track like you can just like sign up start using it straight away you don't have to like to know the tool or anything like that and 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 i like that and i i get your point i mean uh, i guess we are in the in an era in, in in a time where especially in project management as you mentioned there are some companies that don't like take this direction but there are several companies that they, they try to be this all-in-one, let's say, tool, right? And in, in several cases, this complicates things. So it's, you know, while for, for something like Toggle, it makes things easier. And I guess that this makes your job easier to, to communicate, let's say, and to translate that into strategy, right? Uh, now, speaking of, of strategy, I would like to know how you approach content strategy for SEO and how you decide how do you decide what goes in the blog um in what frequency and so on and so forth mm -hmm. yeah so uh right now it's two of us uh me and sean collins uh who work on the seo and content for toggle track and toggle plan both uh the frequency of publishing content really is uh, on the bandwidth that both of us have. Uh, occasionally, we work with uh, freelancers. Uh, we've all we've we also work with uh, agencies like yours. We will soon be starting a project with you, uh, and and that's where our content efforts get augmented. But on an average, like we try to publish at least two blog posts every week. Uh, or I either publish new ones or update existing ones. Uh, that's that's our uh, cadence sort of. And uh, about the strategy, so most of our like ninety percent of our focus is on product led content. Uh, me and Sean both are huge fans of HRFs, uh, and. Yeah, we, we use their business potential score uh, to rank keyword ideas. Uh, recently, we've also started working, uh, prioritizing content ideas based on topic clusters instead of uh, creating topic, uh, creating like blog posts on random topics. We try to focus on one topic cluster uh, and create content for that topic cluster in a pod. Uh, and then we move on to the next one. So. That's, that's, in, that's interesting. Uh, speaking of prioritization, I know the system that AHS use, and obviously AHS, you know, we we are connected with them, and they are also the sponsors of this podcast. We've taken this prioritization concept a step further, and what we do is actually something that um, we've also shared in the past: is 
we like the the basic assumption was okay like there are these metrics like you know keyword difficulty search volume and so on but we all know that these metrics are not perfect right in like at best they are averages or you know they are developed and calculated in a proprietary way and so on and so forth why don't we take them into account along with some other metrics that we have developed internally assign them a certain weight though because you know search volume can't be the sole determinant of our decisions right and so this is how we we score opportunities nowadays we take into account several metrics for each keyword and we come up with you know what we call the opportunity score and then we we make decisions based on that but i agree with you there there has to be a prioritize a way to prioritize things right but back to to my my original question how do you split you know, across the three products and, and say that, you know what, we, we need to work more on like project mm-hmm. management related content or uh, tra- time tracking, you know, uh, related content and so on. So it's mostly based on the content gaps that we identify. Uh, if we find that we are missing critical pieces of a topic cluster, uh, that's one way we, we prioritize things or, or decide what content to create. The second is when a new feature gets launched and it, it addresses a new use case, for example, or, or it makes an existing use case uh, better, how better or make, makes it better to use uh, or solve using one of the toggle products. That's the second uh, case where we decide to create content. And then uh, the third one, which is a regular feature on our blogs is product updates. So uh, that's that's the third kind of content that we create. So yeah, so, so mainly it's based on content gaps uh, or new features uh, that get launched. Can I ask you something based on something you, 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 you mentioned uh, earlier? How... Like, is there a, like a, a structured way or process behind identi- identifying opportunities for a content update, like, you know, content monitoring or regular content audits, like once per quarter or anything like that? And we spot these opportunities and we kind of add them in, in the calendar. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I missed actually a, a challenge that we faced when we integrated all three products. All three products had their own content and so much content got together at the same time on the blog. Uh, one of the big challenges we were facing at that time was uh, how to audit all this content and, and how to ensure that whatever content we already have uh, is uh, basically working uh, the way we want it to. So that, that was another big challenge that we had. Uh, but yeah, but but what we do now is uh, once a quarter we review uh, our our top uh, pages. Uh, we find that a lot of conversions happen from bottom of the funnel uh, blog posts mostly, uh, which are like competitive alternatives, uh, best XX software kind of posts, and then you have. Uh, comparisons. So those those are what drive a lot of conversions from our blog. So so once a quarter we review them uh, for updates. Those are the ones that need to get frequently reviewed. Uh, 
primarily because uh, a lot of new features keep coming out with all the tools uh, that we've included. Uh, and then we also have uh, a way to identify content gaps every quarter. Uh, we basically have a spreadsheet where we uh, gather a bunch of keywords and then we prioritize them based on, uh, like I said, the business potential and, and the value that it brings to our readers. Can I ask you something? Uh, just just came up as you were uh, giving the, the answer. Uh, we had a guest who also happens to be a a, pers- uh, a friend of mine, um, John Oswiesel from Datapad, and um, they are a dashboard dashboarding software. And one interesting thing that he shared with me, you know, while we, we were doing the recording for the for you know his episode, was the fact that one of the like best performing pieces, also in terms of like conversions, right, was a piece that kind of presented an alternative to um dashboarding on on google, using google sheets something mm-hmm. like that and i and i wanted i wanted to ask you if you know you had a similar experience especially on the project management side because i, I guess that sometimes we have some notions that you know what project management okay our competitors for this you know specific job to be done are x y and z while people may in fact use something else that you completely you may have completely missed right does has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I I think like one of the most common things that I have missed uh, previously, uh, as well as a lot of people miss, is that most of the SaaS is just uh and just a better version of Excel if you think about it, right? So so Excel is the biggest competitor of most of the SaaS products uh that's that's one thing that's easy to miss uh we have for example blog posts about excel for project management where where we show people how to use excel to manage their projects and then we highlight the pros and cons of using excel for different set of workflows within your project management process people could use whiteboards for example uh, people could use calendars, particularly for resource planning, resource allocation, managing their time off. People could use calendars for that. People could use like different tools, like for example, there are a lot of HR tools for managing time off for man or, or basically planning vacations. Uh, so yeah, there's there's not like one tool. You have to basically identify all the use cases uh, that your product solves. Uh, within project management, there are so many use cases, right? From uh, creating a proposal to basically reporting, sending reports to the customers. There, there's a ton. There's a ton of steps in between, and and different products can solve different steps uh, in a way that makes sense to someone. Uh, identifying those use cases, prioritizing them. Uh, based on your product's capabilities and then uh, deciding what content to create. I guess it's it's that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also nice to hear this uh, answer from you because we we try to like point towards this direction with like many of our clients that in some cases you, you may think that you know who your competitors are, but people may, you know, tell you something, a completely different story, right? But unless you 
go to your customers and ask, you will never know, right? So this is also why why it's important to to you know conduct customer interviews, run customer surveys, and be close as close to your customers as possible in general, right? Now I would like to shift gears a bit and discuss um kind of all these changes that that happen right now. Um and I guess my 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 question is how do you navigate all these changes regarding search with EEAT and the rise of you know generative content? And how do you ensure that you stay on the safe side of things and keep creating content that search engines and people will will reward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh like I would say about a year ago, there wasn't a lot of focus on getting the expertise and experience aspect into the blog post. It was it was mostly about making sure that your blog post was optimized for whatever keyword you're targeting, making sure that all the content that comprehensively covers a specific topic was there. That That's all we used to do. Uh, but now we have started focusing on uh, building relationships with experts, uh, people. So, so Toggle works best for agencies, uh, digital agencies. So we uh, are working with influencers who are in that space, who help agencies basically grow. Uh, we had uh, a couple of uh, live sessions recently on LinkedIn where we interviewed uh, experts uh, from who help agencies grow basically, who help agencies become more profitable. Uh, that's a nice fit basically for time tracking, for example. It's also a nice fit uh, considering the situation that we are right now. A lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of sort of downturn in, in economies in a lot of countries. And, and of course, spends are getting lower. People are looking for more value for whatever they are spending. So it, it makes sense for agencies to basically become profitable or, or make sure that whatever they are, whatever effort they are uh, expending in, in getting the projects done is like goes in the right direction. If if that's not happening, obviously profits are going to suffer and, and eventually, like one of our customers said, uh, we'll just die if if we are not profitable. Like unless, unlike uh, SaaS startups, agencies rarely get funded. Uh, most of them are bootstrapped. So, so it makes sense for us to, to focus on that aspect of agencies making sure that we, we help them uh, stay profitable. We show them ways to become profitable. And, and that's where we have started this uh, interaction with uh, different influencers, uh, including agencies, including uh, consultants who help agencies grow. Uh, and, and we've had a couple of them. We're planning to do one every month. And, and we get a lot of like inputs from their talks. And now those sort of become a part of our blog posts. One of the recent examples, for example, I, I recently wrote an article about uh, resource utilization. And then from, from the interview with the influencer, 
we sort of had the benchmarks ready uh, about what sort of utilizations agencies should look at uh, when working uh, on a client project. What what is what sort of utilization gets them profitable? Uh, so yeah, so though that aspect is now also part of our blog post. That's a very good point and many interesting learnings here. How about generative content and generative AI in general? What what are your thoughts? So right now, uh, I don't think we are at a stage where we can fully rely on generated content. Uh, the content that we have, and, and, and probably will never be, because whatever content we get generated is based on the bias that is fed to the AI engine. That's that's my number one concern. Uh, so for example, if, if someone loves Excel and, and they feed that to the to the AI engine, the AI engine is not going to tell you that some other tool is better than Excel. It's as, as simple as that. So that's that's my number one concern. Number two is uh, it's it's really hard to come up with uh, like you're going to get the same kind of content from the AI engine after a while if if like thousands of people start generating blog posts from the generators, I'm sure they are going to be more or less similar. We've already seen that with tools like for example, surfer SEO or uh, other tools on the market like for example, phrase, they give you the score uh, once you start including those keywords or those sections in the outline. And then you start seeing the same kind of blog posts everywhere. So, so as of now, I don't think AI is at a level where it can give you a full blog post. But I definitely think it, it helps you uh, make your language read better. That's, that's one of the best use cases that I have found. It helps you overcome your creative blocks. For example, you want to generate 10 different titles for a blog post. That's one of the best use cases that I have uh, personally used. And then sometimes it's a struggle to come up with a good meta description. So that's that's another place where AI is really useful. But other than that, I think it's it's still a long way from creating good content. Of course, you can create one of the milk and content from it and, and publish it on your blog post. But yeah, but I, I don't think it's like 100% there. I, I agree with you. Um, we did a webinar with Bernard Huang from ClearScope and he shared some very interesting insights on the future of, you know, content for a search audience and how we can you know integrate things like expertise demonstrate expertise and so on and so forth and i i think that you know this is not one of the things that ai can can do right and actually we we are going to publish a piece of content on our blog about that that there are different types of knowledge and like ai can kind of grasp two out of the three but the third one which is I think the the third one is gnosis, which comes from you know the Greek word gnosis. Gnosis um, is not something that AI can can get because it's based on experience, something that I've you know experienced myself. And 
Also, to your point about cookie cutter content or copycat content, as people call it, also call it, like this was already a problem. And we see that with AI, it, it can only get worse, right? So I don't know who is going to benefit from that. I guess no one, right? Except for, you know, companies, SaaS companies that um, are like offering generative content, right? And I think that there are some use cases. We've presented some of these use cases in our webinar with, with Superpath. But as a, as a con marketing agency, our stance is very like straightforward. We, you know, of course, monitor the changes and we, we want like technology advancements and we, we, we are excited about all these new things. But at the same time, I think that when it comes to creating con for our clients, we simply don't use it and we will not use it, right? Because we want to really demonstrate that like expertise and knowledge and um, which is not easy, which is not easy, of course, but um, yeah. Now, one question I, I have for you is regarding Toggle and the fact that you rank for several keywords with commercial intent, for example, time, time tracker software uh, through your homepage. And my question is, with such a strong domain and like, you know, uh, uh, such a strong brand in, in general, how do you balance creating new like use case pages to target specific use cases of the product as opposed to uh, specific keywords, I mean, as opposed to trying to run through the, the homepage? Because I assume that at this point, it would be easy for Toggle with your brand and like overall website authority add a word in the homepage and maybe get visibility for this keyword, right? Um, so I would like to know how, how you balance that and how you make decisions regarding that. So I think one of the uh, like key things that uh, I look at is what is the user looking for? Like, are they looking for, for example, let's say they are looking for resource planning uh, they are looking for a resource planning solution or they are looking to ensure that they are allocating their team members in a way that they are neither overworked or underworked. Basically, let's say that's the use case. There's no way I can send them to the toggle homepage for that. I, I need a separate use case for that. Uh, regarding our regarding toggle.com, the, the specific URL ranking for time tracking software, it's also because toggle has toggle.com previously was home of toggle track uh, which which is our time tracking software so so historically it has always been the time tracking thing but but when, when it comes to specific use cases like i said the focus is on what is it that the user wants if the user wants a, a specific use case solved send him to that specific landing page or blog post uh, rather than uh, sending them to the home page. That makes sense. And yeah, that makes sense now that you explained that, you know, it used to be the, the home of Toggle Track as a, as a product. As we are ready to wrap things up, um, my second to last question would be, what do you think the future holds for, you know, when it comes to Condesio for SaaS companies? That's really interesting. Uh, so one of the things that that I feel 
especially with all of generative content coming along is that the content and the SEO strategies and tactics that you choose will depend a lot on what stage your SaaS company is at. That's number one. Number two, I feel uh, that probably the approach where SaaS companies use content just for SEO, that's going to change. There's going to be content that's not just optimized for SEO, but is also optimized for shareability, for example. Uh, content that is more exciting, content that is more uh, interesting to the reader, content that stands out from other SaaS companies. So that's going to be the, the second uh, change that I see that's going to happen simply because there's going to be so much more content with, with generative AI. Because I'm sure companies that don't have enough budget, they are going to try these tools. Because now you can generate a blog post like probably $10, $20 and, and publish it on the website. So that's that's the second change. The third change that I'm looking at is there'll be a lot of content updates and, and very few new blog posts getting published, at least with established companies. Uh, uh, for SaaS companies, I don't see a way, unlike a blog or a magazine, you're, you're not going to create an infinite number of blog posts. You're, you're going to create a finite number of blog posts that addresses the challenges that your users face. Uh, the, the value of your content uh, for SaaS companies basically is, is not just about grabbing eyeballs, but also making sure that, that they um, they get you ROI uh, for whatever uh, efforts you're publishing, whatever, whatever efforts you're putting into publishing or updating that content. So those are the three things I think uh, for SaaS companies, uh, the future in, in SEO and content marketing, um, that's what it looks like to me. That's great. And last question, Dites, where can people find out more about you and reach out if they'd like to? Uh, I guess LinkedIn is the best place uh, where you can find me. I, I I look at it once a week, so so it's it, you have to be a little bit patient if, if you reach out to me. But uh, yeah, definitely LinkedIn is the best place to get in touch. Thank you. We will drop it in the show notes. Uh, Jitesh, that was all very insightful. Thank you very much for letting us into your your world and um, you know sharing your story and like how you do things at, uh, at Togo. Um, thank you very much. And I look forward to a follow-up discussion sometime in the, in the near future. Thank you, George. Uh, it was so much fun chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHS. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahers.com slash awt and sign up for free. 
another episode of the SAS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.